0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Road is Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Game Time. Get into the game today, tomorrow, or the next day with our code that you'll hear later in the show. All right, week 10 is in the B-O-O-K-S. It's in the books, Dan. Week 10 is in the books, and that means that, you know, we're not great at math here at the Nice Trade Cast. so 10 is the halfway point of the season. Wait a
2: minute.
1: There's, there's 20 weeks of the NFL season, in case you didn't know. We're a little a couple weeks late on the, half, on the halfway point. We're doing a risers and fallers. A broader view scope. We've been doing more specific things, talking about the the, the goings on of specific players week to week. Now we're going to talk about what has happened in the first ten weeks of the season and how that has impacted dynasty value. Who's gone up? Who's gone down? Not who stayed the same, because that's been a lot of players.
2: Yeah, it's it's always kind of fun to see who like where the big mover, movers are, whether it's up or down. Potential buying windows, potential selling windows, depending depending on the player and and whether or not they're actually gaining value or just scoring points. So yeah, I, I always enjoy these these types of shows. So it'll be it'll be fun to top talk about some elite players and some stinkers.
1: All right, let's talk about a guy who I believe we hit on last week. First, we're gonna go with the we're going go risers first. Then you hear the, our lovely ad, and then we'll go followers. Our riser, we have two risers in the quarterback position. We had the first one, guy who was rising up your board, and he's rising up my board even more after this week. We have CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is making, giving little reason why he shouldn't be QB2 overall. I'm, like, you'll have to, like, claw uh, Patrick Mahomes out of my cold, dead QB1 hands, because (laughs) he's just the best quarterback in NFL history, so I don't understand why you would, move him from QB one, but CJ Stroud is making a good argument and, uh, you know, a lack of, uh, greatness from Josh Allen is making the argument for CJ Stroud, Stroud being QB two. I don't
2: know if I can put him at two, especially because Mahomes isn't one, but I mean, he's definitely top four. And if you don't have him top four, we need to have a conversation and talk about what, what you're really chasing from your quarterbacks because through nine games, CJ Stroud is third in points per game. Yes, he's outscoring Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he's outscoring Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tagovailoa, Lamar Jackson. It, it, the list goes on and on. He is only currently being outscored in points per game, except not including last night's performance from Josh Allen, which was really good if you didn't watch the game. He was very bad. Uh It was Josh Allen one, Jalen Hurts two, with a noticeable gap to then C.J. Stroud at three. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, technically would be third overall in total points scored, but in in points per game, it is C.J. Stroud. And that's very easy to find, Nathan, by using the uh, Fantasy Point Summary app on rotoviz.com. Make sure you get in there uh, and get yourself a subscription. But just on, on raw ability on raw data, looking at just fantasy points and just box scores, it's really hard to not have him, like you said, like two, three, four, somewhere in there. I have him as four. The numbers speak for themselves. His interception percentage is is unheard of as a rookie. He's 15 touchdowns to two interceptions on, I mean, more than enough attempts. He's He's got over 2,600 yards which, I don't know if you know this, Nathan, the guy we're going to talk about next is the only person to have more yards than C.J. Stroud. So he's lighting it up with a bunch of no-names on offense on a team that was supposed to be horrible again, and yet here we are. They are in the playoff hunt. C.J. Stroud looks like an absolute world-beater, potential Hall of Famer. Like If any of this continues at this kind of rate, he will be quarterback one this time next year.
1: I think that the biggest positive for CJ Stroud, and obviously the Texans do lack a first round pick, so that does hurt a little bit in this initial point. But they are going to expand past Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Like that's not going to be like the the one two punch in the CJ Stroud era. They're going to get another one. Like both those guys have been very good, but I still don't know if either of them have the elite type ceiling. I think they're both very good NFL wide receiver twos and what could be, you know, fantasy wide receiver twos, wire receiver threes, but the ceiling is not quite there yet for those guys. But from what we're seeing with Tank Dell, there's a chance that we're wrong about that ceiling being there. So we'll talk about him in a little bit too. Uh, but with CJ Stroud, I think there's only room to go up at this point. Um, and, you know, the the separation between him and Bryce Young, who we'll also talk about later, is only going to lengthen. Uh, so let's go to our another, another riser, a guy who I mistaken, mistakenly, uh, was uh, disparaging a couple weeks ago. Sam Howell. Sam Howell is going to be one of the top scoring fantasy quarterbacks this year. He is QB5. Now, the question here is, is Sam Howell a beneficiary of the Eric Biennami volume? Or is he a legitimate quarterback one in the NFL and potentially a quarterback one in Dynasty? Well, see, I think ability-wise,
2: I don't think he's, like, an NFL QB one, if that makes, like, if we were talking, like, in fantasy terms towards the NFL, like, him being oh, a so top a, 10 or 12. He's not, he's not a top 12 NFL quarterback. Correct. I would, I would say he's very close to that but he still has room to grow. This is still, technically speaking, his rookie season, just based on the number of games he's played. So uh, what he brings to the table, though, is kind of that gunslinger mentality. And he is a little bit mobile. He's more mobile than C.J. Stroud, who we just talked about, which the fact that C.J. Stroud is QB3 and he has 86 yards rushing on the season, I don't know if anybody's good at math here but that's not very much. Uh, Sam Howell, on the other hand, has double what C.J. Stroud has, which still isn't a lot when you think about the Lamar Jacksons. And, And even like Patrick Mahomes has 100 more yards than Sam Howell. So the touchdowns are there. The turnovers are still there as well. But again, rookie season, even though it's technically his second season, but the weapons are phenomenal. It's a Vietnamese offense, which we like for now until he's gone.
1: Uh, uh, well, I mean, I think that if I were a, a, a gambling man, I would put a decent sized wager. The Eric enemy is the Washington Commanders head coach next year. Like, there's no, there's no chance Ron Rivera survives the mess of this year, and like Eric enemy like unless he just like bombs every single H, uh, head coach interview in the history of history, like he's gonna get the head, head coach job immediately or eventually. And why not it be the one that, you know, he unlocked the next level of Sam Howell in year two?
2: It could be. I thought you were going to make a gambling joke with Riverboat Ron. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, you said you were a gambling man. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be great. That would be obviously, you know, the most ideal situation. I I don't know if that is – I would say maybe that's like a 50-50 at best right now. Um, but – it, that, I don't think that really changes because of the weapons that he has. When you have someone like Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver one, who has proven time and time again that he is that guy, and then you kind of get the hot and cold players like your Curtis Samuels, your Jahan Dotsons, uh, you have Logan Thomas at tight end, aging but still productive, your backfield with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson who can do a whole plethora of things. It It's just good enough where Sam Howell being good and having those weapons just leads to fantasy points. We're seeing we're seeing paying dividends. He's got almost 2800 yards through through 10 games. You know, up there in and touchdown that you know Tua has 19, but then, you know, Howell's right there with 17. He does turn the ball over a little bit, but thankfully those don't count too much against us. So, I I think I think Howell is I think he's probably a, oh man, that's tough. I think he's close to QB one in, in fantasy. And I think he's closer to a QB one in the NFL. Again, top, top 10, 12. I think Howell is closer to that in the NFL than he is in fantasy.
1: Yeah. Just because there, there's so many guys from the nice perspective to, to put there. All right, let's move on to the running back position. And we won't go over every single one of these guys throughout this. Cause we just don't have that time, but though RBs we have labeled as risers are Raheem Mostert, Devin Echan, and Kyron Williams. Devin Achan is the, the clear, like, most valuable of this bunch. So we can talk about him and, and sprinkle in a little bit Kyron. I think Achan is, is valuable regardless because he's shown that he is going to be ridiculously efficient. He's going to be one of the fastest players in, in, in the NFL. And also he's connected to a very fast offense with Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle. But let's start with a quick little bit on Kyron. How much do you think Kyron is a legitimate NFL RB one and how much do you think it is victim of circumstance and he is, you know, not that like his volume is not gonna be as sticky next year as Achan is gonna be.
2: Yeah, I think Kyron's just one of those one of those guys that's kind of benefiting from his situation. Now I I don't think he's necessarily like instantly replaceable because he has looked at least decent in this role uh you know a, a little bit undersized but he does just enough to to kind of keep you wanting like a little bit more uh i wish there was a little bit more explosiveness i think obviously he's like quick short areas and he can get to the open field and he he has i think very mediocre like burst I think he's quick, and like I said, he's quick in those smaller areas. Um, but he's so elusive that, well, maybe not so elusive, but anyways, I I think that Kyron is somebody that will stick as at least a part of the offense. I don't think that he is, I don't think he's a bell cow type. And that's how they've been using him, even, even with, you know, the other, other, some other guys coming in and being able to do kind of what they want. So, Kyron, to me, is a good points now and potential points later. But the the thing that I was doing with someone like Damian Pierce, who we knew was going to be points last year, and I assumed that Houston, Texas would move on. And not only did they not move on, and he also proved to be bad, nobody sold and people bought Damian Pierce. So I think Kyron is kind of in that same boat where he's going to get overvalued just because he's doing it on a on a team where there's something that's open and available, uh, I think he's an RB three at best in fantasy uh, in dynasty even, and I, I wish there was a way for him to like go up. The problem is there's so many other guys in that wide in that RB two category that have a solidified role, and Kyron's just kind of going through the motions right now. So I think he and Damian Pierce are essentially just the same guy one year separated from each other.
1: Yeah. I think one, one stat I'll give you from the NFL Stat Explorer on Rotoviz that I think might surprise you is that, you know, some might expect, okay, a guy who has six touchdowns and only six games uh, or seven t- total touchdowns and only six games. That's a guy that might be playing a little bit over his skis and, and is going to see regression. But uh, Kyron Williams is actually ranking 13th in fa- fantasy points over expectation per game. So he's still like a you know high end RB two, low end RB one in terms of playing above his expected level from the volume he's getting. I think that is you know a positive indicator for him. But I, I do think that in general, if I'm looking at, looking for, like if I'm looking for points in 2024, I'm more likely to try and trade Kyron for a pick or something else than I am to to roster him, um, unless obviously I want points now and in next year. Um, but let's go to Devin H. How You know, he might, he may come back as early as this week. How far are we, are we putting him up our rankings after this, you know, hot, very hot, but short start?
2: I mean, I think think you have to have him in RB1. I think maybe like 8, 9, 10 is, is kind of that sweet spot. I struggle putting him ahead of someone like Josh Jacobs, but I, I also, I think I have him firmly ahead of someone like Saquon Barkley. So, I, I think there is a, a window there of like eight to ten, maybe even a little bit lower depending on who else you like. but it, it's very clear that he is going to be a problem in this Miami offense. So I think Achan, you could have him as high as six where I would feel comfortable uh, because I mean you're just you're just not leapfrogging some of those guys who have the draft capital, who have you know, have all of the production. They have the teams behind them. They have either, you know, that, that big rookie contract or the second contract. There, there's just no way to get him that high. So I think H.N. is, is locked in RB1. I don't think he's the fringe like 11, 12, 13, 14 range. I think he's firmly above that. Uh, I, I would just like to see, I want to see the continuation of the Mostert H.N. where they're both putting up like 16, 18, 20 points. Always, rather than one of them doing it, one of them not, which pretty much has happened all year. So I'm not I'm not saying that like it hasn't happened. They've been very good together. I want to see that continuation because I also think that Remy Mostert is quite good. He's always struggled with staying healthy. So if both of these guys continue to do it, I think A-Chan obviously is your RB one A on that squad. But Mostert has also shown that he can be that guy. So yeah, I mean, give me Achan in 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 that top ten um he's probably still somewhat acquirable right now you can probably still get him before he actually returns and i i struggle with pricing in that range too cuz it's it's obviously more than than
1: off first are we paying like two plus first for devin Achan? they have to be like playoff first at this point like I'm, I'm not risking like one of those end up ending up being like a top four four first yeah. because i think that there's still going to be concerns with A-Chan about, like, can he get the volume with his size? Um, or when he gets volume, is his e- efficiency going to decrease? I'm not concerned about those specifically myself. But when we look at, you know, January, February, people are going to be like, oh, are, are, do we want? Do I want the 104 or h chan And I think there's going to be people going to say they want the 104 because they don't trust HN with volume because he hasn't shown it yet. He might show it over the next five or six games. But I think more likely than not, he probably still ends up being a low-volume, high-efficiency player for 2023. But I think that volume increases in 2024.
2: Yeah, and I mean we don't see a lot of guys like this. I, I mean, quite literally, every single play could be a touchdown. He's little, but you you get him just to the edge. All he needs is space, and he's he's gone. And and he he runs. I don't want to say he runs recklessly because I feel like he looks so in control, but he runs without fear. I, I, he will run through whoever, and he's smaller than everyone out there. So, um yeah, if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, that I think that's probably our, our main concern right now. I don't want to say I know he's going to score points, but at this point, it feels like we can say we know he's going to score points.
1: Next, we'll go to wide receiver position. We have Tank Dell breakout rookie, Adam Thielen oldie but a goodie, and the Puka punch. Now, I, every, I, I'm not the only one that was wary of the hot Puka Nakua absurd volume start, but it does seem like things have slowed down. Part of that is due to Stafford being hurt. Part of that's back due to uh, Cooper Cup being back. Looking at his Rotovis fantasy point summary, I, I just mentioned it. Um, before with another player, he is not playing up to the level of his fantasy points expected per game. He he ranks 51st among wide receivers in fantasy points over expected per game. And the reason is because the volume is so incredibly high that with that volume, you're expecting an incredible amount of points. And he did score a lot of points, but not like Calvin Johnson level of points. So that's yeah. why he does rank lower. And that as his volume decreases, that rank will probably increase. Still, the question is, does that volume maintain the rest of this year? And more importantly, from a Dynasty perspective, does the volume of getting like 10 plus targets a game going to maintain for Puka Nakua? I doubt it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to project that, especially from, and I don't want to say no name because there were some people that were all over Puka Nakua, but his last four games, obviously was Stafford injured, Cooper Cup coming back. He's had that one. He had the one nice game against Pittsburgh. Otherwise, you're looking at a 6.6 point performance, a 7.3 and a 6.2. And that was against Arizona, should have smashed. Dallas, understandable. And Green Bay, should have smashed. The, the breakout game, like I said, was against Pittsburgh. But you look at that front half of the season where he cooked Seattle and they've looked competent on defense. He cooked San Francisco, that San Francisco. He had a mediocre game against Cincinnati, who's been hot and cold. Cooked Indianapolis, who, again, you know, whatever. And cooked Philly, who has a great defense. So we can't say it's matchups you know Dallas is one thing but everything else it has been entirely target based but he also looks pretty good too so it's one of those things where I want to discount him and I want to slide him down just because we know that he's a product of volume but at the same time he's
1: he's pretty damn good no yeah I mean I am by no means saying like Puka Nakua is not worth the first or Puka Nakua isn't a a top probably 24 wide receiver it's more so that you know, we've seen this with breakout, uh, you know, low draft capital or non-existent draft capital wide receivers, that they that they do not stick from year to year because other wide receivers come in. There's trades, there's free agency, there's draft picks. Um, but the Rams seem to like him. He does seem to be playing very well. But uh, you know, we were wary of the floor with him not maintaining. And it does seem like it's not maintaining. Is my main point. All right,
2: before we jump. Uh, I have just kind of a random one. Puka a or DK Metcalf?
1: I mean, DK's been in slow this year, but also the Seahawks passing offense has been very inconsistent. For me, I think that's a pure, like, uh, competing versus, especially now that Stafford is iffy. That's a competing versus rebuild. If I'm in a rebuild, I'm fine trading Metcalf for, for Puka. Um, if I'm winning, I'm trying to win now, I think that you probably are better off with DK.
2: Well, and another thing to keep in mind, too, is Pukunuku is 23. DK Metcalf only 25. I know it seems like he's been in the league forever because he came in at, like, 16 years old or whatever. Yeah, I think those two are pretty close for me. I think that's that's why I I kind of framed it that way. But, yeah, I, I think mid mid to low end wide receiver two, there's just so many guys. Again, there's so many, like, my heart and soul lies in that, like, wide receiver two category. I love so many of those guys. And I think a lot of them have the ability to leap to wide receiver one status. And I don't think Puka can. I, I think, I think he he has shown that with volume he can be great, but I don't think that it's sustainable.
1: As is trade cast uh, uh, tradition, we're going to skip the tight ends. Let's go to the fallers. <laughs> uh, but before we go to the fallers, we are going to hear from our good friends over at Game Time.
2: Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code ROTOVIZ, that's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you, GameTime.
1: All right, let's go to the quarterbacks. We have the, the position that I've been maintaining for the last six, seven, eight weeks. Trevor Lawrence is Kirk Cousins. Bryce Young, rough start. Justin Fields, NF, from an NFL perspective, rougher start. Where are you going with this, this one? All right, well, first
2: off, don't insult Kirk Cousins like that. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has been horrible. Not not just like mediocre or bad. He has been horrible. We see very few flashes. Calvin Ridley has been abysmal, like dear god. That that guy can't run his way out of a wet paper bag. Uh I I I would have a really hard time having Trevor Lawrence as a QB one right now considering the the full field of quarterbacks. Kyler coming back, looking like Kyler of old. Obviously, the the, the throwing wasn't quite there yet, but seeing those feet get, getting him the, the happy dance in the pocket. There's yeah, Trevor's falling. You know, he got he got instantly leapfrogged by C.J. Stroud. He's he's behind Tua Tagovailoa. I think I've got to have Kyler up there now. Uh, yeah, easily, Desha- Deshaun. I mean, can we put uh, yeah, like- Deshaun Watson
1: above? I I, I I would lean I would lean Lawrence just because I think that the the long term floor is so much higher. Um like I don't think Trevor Lawrence is turning into like Blaine Gabbard here. Um he no, is, no 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 no. The problem is is he's he's more Jimmy Garoppolo
2: than he is Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, potentially. Except for he does have the legs, which Garoppolo does.
2: That's true. And and another that's another thing that Kirk doesn't have. Maybe he's Josh Dobbs because Josh Dobbs has legs. Um <laughs> oh <laughs> I, I would struggle having him to have Brock Purdy. And I know Brock Purdy hasn't been amazing, but we at least see it from from some of these guys. And Trevor Lawrence, the only thing he has done at the NFL level is disappoint.
1: I mean, from an NFL perspective, he's like, you know, hashtag QB wins. He's won games with the Jackson Jaguars. But I do think that from a statistical perspective, he has been. Bit of an understatement based on obviously the, the hype of like, oh, best prospects since luck, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not jumping ship on him yet, uh, but 23, 23, 2023 numbers are poor. Um, 30, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks each week and he was, he, he is 34th in fantasy points over expectation per game. Um, in comparison to 2022, he was 12th in that category. So much better statistically last year than this year. I don't know whether it has been, they've been playing tougher defenses or they've been running the ball or what's been going on with Trevor Lawrence statistically. Um, but I know obviously ETN has been very good, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not optimistic, but I'm also not like panic selling with, with Trevor Lawrence.
2: 22nd in points per game, uh, getting outscored by the likes of Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs by like four points per game. Yeah, I, I'm concerned and I do, I am sliding him down, uh, I, you know, and I get it. I, I, I loved him too. We all did. We all thought this was going to be the guy and he, it, I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if it's the players. They're trying to force feed some of these guys. I mean, we watched them force feed Christian Kirk for an entire season and then hurt. Kirk got hurt, came back, got healthy and they started to force feed him again and the whole offense went to hell. I think the shining bright spot in Jacksonville is Travis Etienne. uh, and I think they need to get back to showcasing him rather than trying to make Trevor do it all. And we talk about the legs. He's being outrushed by Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, which is what it is. And, and, I, you know, 230 yards through 9, 10 games, whatever it is. Cool. We'll take it. Um, but I don't know that we can necessarily consider him in the rushing category. I mean, for the love of God, Josh Dobbs has 350.
1: All right. Let's go to our next one, which is the running back position. We have Najee Harris down, which was kind of a draft and anticipated. The one that was less less so from other people. We 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 thought he'd be who, a, who uh, people? Which people? We,
0: remind
2: remind me of the which? No, no, no. I'm saying everybody else seemed to love him, right? It was yeah, those, yeah, those people.
1: People who don't host the nice straight cast were <laughs> excited for the breakout of Tony Pollard in the post Ezekiel Elliott era, and suddenly Tony Pollard has lost all of his abilities to play football. <laughs> um, he is 35th in yards per carry. Despite the fact that he is 7th in, in opportunities, he is 8th in attempts. And, uh, Dan, I, I know you, you don't have the, the lovely set explorer in front of you, or if you do, if you do pretend that you don't. Do um, you want to give an estimate of where he is at fantasy points over expected per game? Uh I would say negative 6,000%. So the man who has the ex- – he's expected. His expected points per game is RB8. So based on his volume, he should be the RB8. Um, but his fantasy points over expectation is 124. <laughs> there are 123 running backs who are scoring – higher than expectation than one Tony Pollard. Uh, that seems good. That seems really good, honestly. Is we, we aren't Tony Pollard, guys. Is this a buy window at all, or is this just a clear avoid?
2: You know, I, I made the mistake of buying a, a couple of places because I did think that there was potentially some, like, low-end first-type value that you could get for Tony Pollard just because of the offense. And and I got away from my, my actual stance on Tony Pollard in that he is a backup running back who it exceeds at spelling the actual starting running back, and you can only use him by getting him in space, limiting his touches, and hoping that he breaks one. Well, he's... I mean, he's got, like, 140 carries, uh, which, again, like you said, he's getting the opportunity. He's top 10 in carries. He's he's getting the targets. And all of that is accumulating to less than 700 or less than, what, 750 yards of total offense, two touchdowns. And Dallas's offense hasn't exactly been bad. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. The wide receivers seem to be doing okay. Even Rico Dowdle seems to find his way into the end zone from time to time. Tony Pollard is not that guy. He hasn't been that guy. He was a product of Ezekiel Elliott, who, may I add, has looked very spry in New England the last couple of weeks and actually kind of good, whereas Tony Pollard has looked very bad.
1: All right, let's finish off the show with the fallers at the wide receiver position. And I think that the first one of these T. Higgins, I don't think he has market value dropped yet, but he has been very poor from a fantasy points perspective. We have Elijah Moore, who has been non-existent, only two 10 plus PPR points for, uh, two, only 10 plus, only two 10 plus PPR points on the season. Care and Quentin Johnston, who finally got in the end zone this past week, but has, despite Mike Williams being out, has done nothing.
2: Yeah. I mean, Quentin Johnston is. A very clear, like, rookie not ready for the NFL player. We see nothing of what we saw on on the tape. We see nothing from the highlight reels. That guy that we saw in college doesn't exist, at least not at this level. I don't – you know, it's hard to count somebody out in their first season halfway through, but he hasn't looked like a dominant NFL wide receiver one. And I will say – Mike Williams also didn't look like a dominant NFL wide receiver one when he came in. He got hot and cold, injured, this, that, the other thing. So there, I wouldn't say he's, he's done and, like, you can't account for anything. But it's going to take a big turnaround for me to have any kind of faith in someone like Quentin Johnson, especially in an offense with Justin Herbert. Like, he should be smashing, and he's just bad. Uh, Elijah Moore, that one's disappointing. I think there's that's a little bit of a product of Deshaun Watson missing some time because I feel like when Watson has played, Moore hasn't been necessarily complete garbage, but also, you know, that offense, especially at the time, was running through Nick Chubb, and now it's just kind of a hodgepodgery. But I think the big story is is T. Higgins, you know, obviously Joe Burrow not being healthy uh, was a big part of that, but now he is healthy, and they've still really only used him in one game essentially uh was he out this week so yeah i mean that's it, it's tough He's scoring like 10 points a game on average which that's i mean it's more than i thought to be honest but that's bad he's he's had the game against baltimore and then last week against buffalo that's really it outside of those two performances um you know burrow again not healthy but he can only make so many excuses for if he's not getting open or, or whatever it is. And they're not using him down the field. He, he's been like a, a middle of the field, mid route runner all year that they're, they're not using him underneath. They're not using him down the field. Everything is across, you know, you know, that, that like 10 yard range. So we'd like to see him explore the field a little bit more, really take advantage of the space. As one Bruce Dickinson said, but uh, I'm not giving up on T. Higgins. I still think he is firmly one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. I just think right now it continues to be a really great time to
1: buy. That, that's my question as we wrap up here. Is it a good time? Like, is he cheaper? Or is he cheaper? If not, if so, how much cheaper is he than Week One? Because like, I have plenty of T. Higgins. I'm not selling any of it. Yeah, but you're a, you're not dumb. <laughs> There we go. Uh, I'm gonna flip that one. So Chalk I that just, one up. Flip it and just send it to Dan any time he questions me. <laughs> but like, and I'll be honest. If I could
2: trade Puka Nakua for T Higgins, I'm doing it yesterday. Yes. Uh, agree. 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 Like, uh, I would trade Debo Samuel for for T Higgins. I'll trade Drake London for T Higgins. I'd trade Stefan Diggs for T Higgins. DK Metcalf for T Higgins. Like. I still think he's a fringe one. I think he's probably like a 14-15 overall in my wide receiver spot because he's getting jumped by like Jordan Addison, uh, guys like that. So uh, I, I still think he's one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. In a great situation with Joe Burrow and just either a combination of him not being healthy and Joe not being healthy, Jamar Chase taking over, something called Trenton Irwin existing. There's another guy named Tanner that they have that apparently also catches touchdowns. Uh, so it's basically everyone with T. Higgins this year. I, I still am in love with T. Higgins, though.
1: Yep. Um, but we will wrap up as I've been, like, preaching the gospel of fantasy points of expectation. But we know, we know, I'm wrapping it up saying, we know T. Higgins is having a poor season so far for him. But his fantasy points of expectation is wide receiver 205. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so basically, if you have a pulse, you have a better fantasy points over expectation than T Higgins. But have no fear, that is going to increase. uh your, The number is going to get lower. He's going to raise up the charts, and uh, the, that Bengals offense is going to continue to street now. Um, but other than that, we, that is what we have for this week. Any last words, Dan?
2: Oh, I'll look forward to uh, another lovely week of NFL football.
1: So, Dan, are you are you saying that you want to have a full? Dynasty risers and fallers tight end show next week or, or is your heart at peace with skipping tight ends? Let me check my watch. Yeah, it's
2: not tight end 30. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, that's, a, that's our off season show, like usual. We can <laughs> mention it. It'll, it'll be like one of the, like the cliff notes at the bottom of the show page. <laughs>
1: All, right. All right. That should wrap us up for this week. We'll
2: talk to you guys next week. Kadosh. There it is.